0: is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off, the middle
1: hit, in the backfield, and again, 13's
0: there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour.
1: Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Johnson got
0: it! Underdog, and land one! Exclamation point! Up the brakes. Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and sports director Caleb Henry.
2: Good Saturday morning, good game day to you and yours. It is spring day, spring game day, mm-hmm. Saturday here on 1400 KLIN. And here we go with the KLIN Husker Hour. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Caleb Henry is here as well. Hello, hello. Kenny Larrabee's got us up on the Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers, and it's football on the green turf in front of our eyes. We will probably have like maybe 10% of our questions answered, and the rest we'll have to save for fall. (laughs) But at least we get some football today, Caleb.
1: Do we get any questions answered? (laughs)
2: Some. Yeah.
1: I've wrestled with this all week. Um... And honestly, most of spring, but uh, because it is spring game week. Mm-hmm. How necessary to the football team is the spring game? That That's because you, you go through and everyone that you talk to for all the coaches in one of the first two things that they say that they want out of the spring game is to come out healthy. No injuries. We don't want injuries. We, we want to be healthy at the end of the day. All right. Well. I understand that even when you're playing games in the fall, that's that's obviously one of the things. You, d- you never want to go into a game and go, we can accept injuries. But you want to get a lot more out of those games on the success side on knowing who your guys are um, when you go through all of your fall camp. The spring game is so much for the fans, and I get that, Yeah, but... If and and there's going to be some recruits there and it's cool to see for the recruits the tens of thousands of fans show up to watch not even a scrimmage it's not even a scrimmage not not it, this one it's a practice yeah. um and so from from the standpoint of the team which doesn't allow anyone in to see any of their practices at at what point do they outside of understanding they can make some money on people coming in with $10 tickets to watch a practice at what point do they just say ah oh, we're not going to do the spring game anymore
2: well you you mentioned the recruit part which is which is good for the program because you get you get exposure you you've got a lot of highly rated recruits in uh, for the next couple of classes, yeah, in to, in to watch this game, uh, so you're you're hopefully taking a, a a big step forward there. There's value in learning how guys maybe react differently to playing in front of a lot of people. Because the, then do that
1: more than just the spring game. Let um, people in to watch practices. Well, I don't disagree. <laughs> I would enjoy that. Personally, selfishly. Not just for us. There are fans that if you open stuff up, if you have a couple practices. Think last year. They had a couple practices. They had the uh, the Friday Night Lights thing Mm -hmm. at Memorial Stadium. They opened it up to people to come in and watch. Um, They had the mid-afternoon that you and I went and hung out. It was windy as all heck. Yes. But if you want to see how your guys react when it's more than just their teammates and coaches and the staff of the football team and the athletic department... Open things up. Yeah. If it's all about building up to just one game or one practice at the very end that you're not even going to practice, you're going to have guys go through the motions of warm-ups. You'll have some ones go against ones, but there's just not enough enough depth to know at the end of the day, well, you're you're missing at least 40% of what's going to be your starting offensive line this fall. You have no depth on the defensive line, so you de- like you can't really go even too too deep across there um you don't have your tight ends like your top three tight ends yeah you you might not even have your assumed backup quarterback going most of this spring in chubba purdy like there's so much that comes out of this spring that why not just not even for us, which, yes, this would be great for us covering and for all the the papers, for all the TV guys, every all of the, um, the online publications, everyone who writes about Husker football, to be able to see these so we can accurately report rather than just, well, here's what they said, yeah. and all we can do is take what they said. Mm-hmm. But if it's about, for the players, what they get out of the spring game is being able to be like, be under the lights. Have the people come out and see them and see how they perform. You got to open up more stuff because this spring game, you're just going to go offense against defense. How much are you even going to figure out today? This is and guys aren't even going to go. They're not going to go the whole time. You're going to have your your ones go a little bit. I think last year they didn't even play like a quarter, mm-hmm. and then they started to shuffle guys out. And then the second half was like it's great to see some of those guys who are never going to see the field. Mm-hmm. be out there. But everyone builds up the spring game to be something you're going to get a lot out of. We're not going to get a lot out of today. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. Fans can go hang out for a little bit and I hope they do. Um cuz it's going to be a great day. I hope fans go hang out, hang out with some other of your Husker friends and then go watch a baseball game across the street. Yep. Like there there's a lot of atmosphere you can take in today. But let's not kid ourselves about the football team actually learning anything about itself today that they didn't learn
2: the rest of this spring. Hi, folks. Caleb Henry for Spring Game 2022. <laughs> it's going to be great. Anyway, listen to our coverage starting in two hours. I
1: don't know. I've, just, I've wrestled with that all week with the, the amount of people talking about, whether it's fans, whether it's writers, on what they most want to see today. And obviously, I want to see what Casey Thompson looks like because we haven't been allowed to see him at all. Yeah. I want to see what Trey Palmer looks like as a wideout, because we haven't been able to see him at all. Yeah. What some of those specialists look like, what Bushini looks like. I want to see some of those guys that we're not allowed to see but a couple of times in the spring game. Of course. But what we're not going to see is what the depth chart is going to look like who the most competitive guys are when it's crunch time cuz you're not even getting a full scrimmage it's not you're just doing offense against defense it's not red versus white and you get your team fired up there's the weird scoring and all that mm. but so so that's just that that's really bothered me all week the amount of people that want to talk about what you're going to get out of the spring game without focusing on the fact that the spring game you're going to get some fans out there that's fun some money comes into the department some money comes into the city and you can have recruits this does nothing for the football team in my opinion
2: it it does little it does something you you get to put all of the actual game gear on you get to run out of the tunnel with a tunnel walk with fans cheering you get to split up and go on the different si- that that part of the di- you know different sidelines right, that's yeah. that's not really going to apply in the in the fall you're all going to go to the same sideline right. obviously uh, but you're, you're gonna, gonna have someone on the other sideline, right? Right. You're gonna have, and, and they've had officials at practices throughout the spring. I'm sure when they've done scrimmages, you get officials out so that they can call the play, uh, call the flags, and uh-huh. let you know what you're doing wrong and right, and so on. But you do get some from the atmosphere. Uh, it, it's unfortunate that there's a rash of injuries at some pretty important spots, especially on offense with O line and with tight end, where you're just not going to get an accurate picture. Of what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. So, in in terms of the content that we're going to get, yeah, it's going to suffer, and and I totally agree, and I'm sure everybody out there would agree that, uh, yeah, let us in more. Let's 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 see more of spring, right? You you never want less, uh, uh access to to this program, and so. I think you just kind of have to embrace today what it for what it is. It is a chance to go out there and get a little bit of feel good moment of seeing those red jerseys and some white jerseys. Mm-hmm. You get to see some of the new guys perform. I by the way, Parker Gabriel, Mon, uh, Montana guy. I want to know if if uh, the the now mandatory FCS State of Montana transfer to Nebraska, Brian Busini, I want to know if they're going to get the punter any any chance to score points today. Because <laughs> you've got offense, defense, and score points. Yeah. I don't know if we've seen what the actual scoring is going to be yet, like how you're going to tally that up. But right, Give me some chance to 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 have Brian Bussini put points on the board.
1: Well, and in, in Jack floated this uh, yesterday or the day before, and I really like this. Um, obviously, you've got the offense going against the defense, but when you need a break, whether it's a quarter or something... Roll out the punters and do do like a coffin corner competition. Yeah, have your kickers come out and do some some sudden death. Yeah, and be like, all right, now we're at the thirty. Now we're at the thirty-five. Now
2: we're at the forty, and just keep going back. You go, you go all the way back to I think it was thirteen or fourteen. You could have the uh, Bo Pelini versus Kenny Bell throwing the balls at the goalposts mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. action. Yeah, I mean, just look. Today is not going to be a a traditional football game. In like it, it's barely going to look like you know you're gonna have football plays obviously right. but it's it's just not gonna be what you are used to they don't have enough offensive linemen they don't have enough of their scholarship tight ends mm-hmm. that are that are going to be out there on on Saturdays in the fall that's part of my point though if
1: if you're gonna come out and it's not it's not a football game and it's not honestly today's not even going to shuffle any of the depth chart right coaches and dudes know where they are yep fully embrace the the aspect of kind of being like um, when when the NFL gets close to the uh, the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. when they have those competitions, fully embrace that skills challenge. Skills challenge. Yeah, get some stuff out there. Like, find a way to be be more entertaining, I guess, than what a practice is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and today's not even like not even a full practice either. Right. Uh, you're you're going to have guys. In and out and it's not gonna be a whole bunch going on, but fully embrace that you are there to entertain the fans today and entertain the recruits. Because I I just I cannot get lost in the idea that there's a football game happening. Today is for the fans and the yes. recruits. Yes. And, and that and that's it. Yeah. Today is not about the football team figuring out who they are. Yeah.
2: But look, if you're a if you're a college football player, to a certain extent, you are an entertainer. And oh, you, you oh yeah, 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 for sure.
1: That. But that—that's a different entertainment in the fall. Yeah, like that. So I'm saying, like, fully embrace what the spring entertainment is. You've right. got the fans who haven't seen you guys in a few months. Nobody's seen you in yeah. in several months, especially when you miss the miss the bowl season for a fourth straight year, um, fifth straight year, whatever it's been. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um,
2: almost since you've been doing this show, it seems like. Well, they made it in 2016. <laughs> In my in my seven seasons covering this team, they've made one. No, they made two bowl games. Twenty fifteen. There you go. They had a losing record, but they still beat UCLA and Josh Rosen. There that you counts. go. You're you're not the jinx. Um, just the last five. Just the last five. Yeah. Um, but I I'm
1: just saying. Yeah. You, you, have haven't, you
2: haven't seen a bowl yet. Since you arrived. Thanks I, a lot. I haven't seen like a
1: real full season yet. The schedule gets changed every time, every single year that I've been here. Uh, um yeah. but I'm just saying fully embrace the fact that you're not out there to do the the gridiron football thing. Mm-hmm. Like do that in, in the in the sense that you can where it's the practice and you've got your ones against ones and your twos against twos and you've got a little bit of competition. But fully embrace the idea that you were there simply to entertain the fans and give them something in the spring
2: just yeah. a little taste to get ready for the fall. Yeah, absolutely. I I it, it is it is uh something that I think I'm interested in seeing cuz they may have some of that, you know, one-off stuff. They might have some different, you know, goofy things planned to try to just you know amp up the entertainment a little bit give me some seven on seven you've
1: got the skill guys let me see the skill guys
2: go yes that's what i called for last week yeah seven on seven tournament for the second half like just just cut the linemen out of it just have a center deliver the ball and and it doesn't even have
1: to be the like the whole time just run out and do a seven on seven on each half of the field yep and just let some guys go let us see
2: the playmakers do stuff like hey okay we don't have a lot of offensive linemen healthy. Or at least our, our starters that we think. And about. you don't got a whole bunch we of don't defensive have a lot linemen. Of linemen at all. Well, cut those guys out. We don't have a lot of tight ends healthy. Uh let's just let's just go with our linebackers and DBs. Let's just go with our wide receivers and backs. Yes. And, and let's play. Let them do some seven on
1: seven. Get yes. the big boys on a sled over in the mm-hmm. s- in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm going to watch
2: that sled, too. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Give what? me some. Give me some. Uh, it's Is it still called the Oklahoma drill, or did they change the name? L- let's not do the Oklahoma drill. Not do the Oklahoma drill? Dude, I've
1: got, like, PTSD on the Oklahoma drill. Let's sure. not do that. Yeah. I don't have, I don't I don't, have such. I don't respect. need those dudes doing that today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say let's embrace the competition and do some stuff. Let's not do Oklahoma drill. Now, they might. Some places do. I'm, like, anti-Oklahoma
2: drill. <laughs> We didn't. We didn't ever run the Oklahoma drill in marching band, so that that wasn't anything I ever. Had to that think. would have been entertaining. I just. I'm gonna turn my saxophone on on uh, into a weapon, going against the trumpet. I'm taking the tuba dudes every time. Those those are some crazy guys. <laughs> but you know who would win? The drummers. The drummers are out of their minds. They would win that almost every brass time. Brass section, for sure. Yeah, bra- brass is Low crazy, brass. But low, not just brass, like low brass. I'm That's where you. it's at. I'm telling you, the drummers. you got to watch out for the drummers. All right. More marching band talk, maybe. Uh, but definitely more spring football talk. Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal-Stars joining us next. We've got Husker Baseball to talk about. And a coaching hire for Fred Hoyberg as well. That's all coming up. Stick with us.
0: Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN.
2: KLIN Husker Hour. That's Caleb. I'm Cole, and during the break we were thinking of different ways Caleb could really sell this spring game. Well, now, <laughs> now that I've
1: sucked all the fun out of what today is, we decided to bring someone in to really promote it.
2: Yeah. yeah. We're, we're <laughs> We're, we're enjoying having a, a little chat about what this, what this game will not be. We still don't really know what it will be, and, and maybe we'll figure it out by the time uh, 1 o'clock rolls around and, and to, to join us to maybe break some of that down and to talk about the other 14 practices and what we've learned. <laughs> is Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal-Star. Parker, good morning.
3: Yeah, you guys found the best hype man there is. <laughs> he's, he's
2: he's getting everybody fired up this morning. And and I think I think there are definitely some things you can get fired up for, but as I mentioned to Caleb, now that we've got this mandatory State of Montana FCS transfer policy coming for you have Samari Toure last year, you got Brian Busini. I want to know if they're going to have any scoring opportunities for Brian Busini, all right? That's that's what I want to know and I think I think you are the man to deliver that news to the masses if it
3: happens. Yeah. Maybe like a coffin corner punting competition. Um, you know, like, like, wasn't that a remember back in the day when Madden had the like camp drills that you could do. Yes. And that was one of them. You could like get the skill of your punter up by like doing the coffin corner punting challenge. So, I think we need to rig one of those up at some point this afternoon.
1: I just want all of the guys to go through all of the Madden skill, like all the practice challenges. Be like, we're running inside zone to the right. Now, here's the guys you have to run through. If you don't, you're going to lose a spot on the depth chart. Oh,
3: man. (laughs) There's like a linebacker blocking.
2: Yeah. And maybe at the very, very end, if you got like a tie, you just bring Whipple and Shenander out and they play cornhole to see who wins. As, like, long, as long as Whipple's not wearing shoes, I'll take I'll take Whipple in that one. Yeah, he coached without shoes. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Um. To to a little bit more serious note, we are going to get to see Casey Thompson today, Parker, and I think that's probably number one on everybody's priority list in terms of what you're going to probably get a little bit of and what you actually want to see. There's a lot of stuff we want to see. We probably won't. Uh, What are you anticipating Casey Thompson's level of involvement with today's game? And, and how much do you think will be revealed when we get a chance to finally see number 11 in action?
3: Yeah, not much. I don't think much will be revealed. Uh, I do think though, I mean, it's no harm in throwing out the ball down the field a little bit, and I'm sure they'll do, they'll do some of that. Um, You know, I don't, The thing about this is I don't think we're going to learn a lot. Like I think obviously it would be misguided to come out of today and say that you think you know how good Casey Thompson is going to be or maybe even like how far along they are on offense. I mean, if it looks really disjointed or something like that, maybe it's a slight cause for concern. But to me, like really what really what today is and I think part of the reason why don't put a ton of stock in it, but also the reason why I think it's okay for it to be fun is that it's sort of the public introduction, right? For a lot of these guys. So are we going to learn who the, you know, number two receiving group is, or are we going to learn what the st- exactly what the starting offensive line is going to look like? No, but at the same time, like you're going to get to see Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy and Trey Palmer and Tommy Hill and, and your guy Machini. And all of these new guys, Jaden Gould, who's, you know, here's a freshman and Ernest Hausman, like all of these new players that are in the program. And not only that, but like the new coaches and, uh, you know, see them operate a little bit. And so I think the the value in today probably isn't so much in like true evaluation, but it's a it's sort of like a it's sort of like a, a welcome, you know, to Nebraska for a lot of new faces in the program and new faces that by the time September rolls around, probably are going to be really important to to what happens this year.
1: So we need to be, I think this is more of a mindset change because a lot of us look at the spring game and have in the past as, how do you know, you're going to see what this team's going to look like in the fall. Yeah. This is your first look for it. We're going to know some depth chart where guys slot. But we need to switch that to being more like basketball's opening night. Where, yeah, where it's much, fun and yeah. you're just gonna see them go out be a little entertaining and the result does not matter at the end of the day as much as it has in the past
3: totally yeah and, and part of that i mean it's as simple as it's just hard to tell um you know if you have if you have Travis vocalc running a 12yard dig route and and trey Palmer running a big over you know on the next level behind him like you don't know how differently a defense is going to react if that's Nate or Kircher. No offense to, to Nate. He's had a great spring is what it sounds like. Then if it's vocal, like there's just very little you can take without understanding exactly who's going to be on the field uh, in August and all of that. So I, there's a lot of stuff I want to try to learn. Um, none of it's like big picture. A lot of it's like, who's actually available today and who's not. Um, are any of the people who aren't, are they in jeopardy of not being back by August, you know, there, there's a lot of that. I'm curious, like, if uh, Henry Latovsky and, and Nori Nuelli and Kevin Williams Jr. and Brock Bando, like, what is that? How do they rotate those guys at guard? Doesn't mean I'm going to be able to tell necessarily who they think might start. Um, but I want to watch all that stuff on sort of like the granular level. But I think in terms of like, what do you actually glean from today? it's probably going to go out and enjoy a nice sunny day at Memorial stadium. Mm-hmm. Not a lot beyond that.
2: And that's okay. Caleb. <laughs> and that's and okay. That's okay. Parker, <laughs> Gabriel, <laughs> Parker Gabriel, Lincoln journal star joining us here, uh, really hyping up the, the spring game 2022 yes, with yeah. us, uh, Parker on defense. Uh, you, you, mentioned some of the young guys and some of the newcomers that are, that are joining the the defense and, and potentially able to make an impact this year. Uh, in the secondary, there's some important places to look. Uh, obviously both safety spots they you've got you've got the Cam Taylor Britt spot on corner and and then the nickelback position where Jojo Doman vacates it. Uh, I I would I would hope that you'd see quite a healthy rotation there, regardless of whether they play something that looks like a regular football or maybe even seven on seven, which is my dream. Uh <laughs> talk us through a little bit of what you've seen and heard from guys in the secondary this spring uh and and who 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 you anticipate being at least in the mix in the fall for those positions.
3: Yeah. So I think if you, I think if they were, I think if they were playing Northwestern today, instead of playing offense versus defense today, I think that the starting corners would probably be Quentin Newsom and Tommy Hill. Um, And then I think the safeties would be Marquise Buford and Miles Farmer. Now safety is probably a little bit more open and one of the things like that we've tangibly, I think, learned this spring is just how high Travis Fisher and the defensive coaching staff are on, on Marquise Buford. He's a sophomore. He fo- He's followed exactly the track that they want kids to follow, basically, out of high school. Like, he got here last year, he jumped in, he played a ton of special teams, and now he's used that special teams work, 200-plus snaps of it, as a launching pad to maybe trying to win a starting job. So... You know, I think Braxton Clark's in the mix um, at corner as well. I think Omar Brown, if he's healthy, um, can get himself in that mix. He's a really good player at at Northern Iowa. And then at safety, um, I think they've been sort of pleasantly surprised, maybe is the right way to put it, with the jump that Noah Pola Gates has made. Um, And then obviously you've got the transfer to Sean Singleton in that mix too. I just think Buford's going to be hard to unseat. And then whoever you know fills in the rotation, Farmer's played the most out of that group. Uh, beyond that, the the thing. So then, like the next layer of that is the nickel, because I don't. None of the guys that they have playing nickel right now have the true like skill set match that that JoJo did. I mean, it's just not that common. He so the did. question is like, is it Kolarovic on sort of like rundowns, or depending on opponent, and then Gifford, or you know, as more of a you know, as more of a, a defensive back that's playing the nickel spot. Maybe they move a guy like Buford, who can cover number two and run, and and and, and still fill in the run game depending on the situation. I think that's really going to be the one spot on the defense that's going to be the most purely about who's the next best player and what does the matchup dictate. I mean, I, the, JoJo is unique because he, you could put him out there every down against pretty much everybody. This is the type of year, and it, this might be more common where you may have a guy that plays more snaps in that role against Wisconsin and then a different guy that plays more snaps in that role against Purdue.
2: Right, you mentioned how Jojo's versatility kind of changed the way they play that position. They literally made it they they literally called it the nickel on the depth chart finally right. his senior year because he just never came off the field and and it's it's important to note that because I think yeah, his skill set lent itself to not having to to differentiate in terms of the, the personnel or the formation because he could do both so well. So yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of needing to sub in a more of a linebacker type on rundowns, more of a DB type on pass downs. And I've
1: seen JoJo mocked as high as a third rounder, so that's right. hard to replace regardless of what the position fit
2: is. Right, and, and, and then looking at those linebackers that, that that nickel spot would potentially play with... That has a lot less of a question, but there's a lot of leadership that comes from those linebackers. Uh, what are you anticipating seeing from those guys in terms of uh, not just those frontline linebackers, but but in terms of the the depth at those positions that they can build with this spring and then into the fall as well?
3: Yeah, I think. Well, like I think if you're talking about today and 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 pretty much the entire spring too. It's been a depth-building spring at the linebacker level. I mean, Luke Reimer's been out. Uh, he had a you know postseason surgery to yep. clean something up, and Snodgrass, I think, has been out too. Um, and so it's been – you know, Henrich, I'm sure, just given his injury history, I'd be surprised. I don't think he probably had a real rugged spring. I mean, it's been an opportunity to see a ton of guys. And and honestly, like – so when you think about, you know, Reimer and Snodgrass being out, Henrich, they know what they have in him. Obviously, he's still trying to get better. And then when you think about, like, Will Honest transferred and Kolarovic's playing the nickel, mm-hmm. like, it's been it's been young at inside linebacker this spring. And I think you'll see a lot of young guys this afternoon uh, play. Guys like Randolph Kapai, mm-hmm. um, guys like – I mean, Malga Clements isn't young. He's a senior, but right. um, he hasn't played a lot. Um, Walk-on like Grant Tagge, freshman and Ernest Hausman. Like, those guys are going to get a ton of work. I'm sure they've got a ton of work this spring. They're going to get a ton of work today. And then in terms of the outside guys, you know, I think the key, I talked to Garrett Nelson the other day and I asked him, you know, who on defense, um, you know, should people watch on Saturday? And he had no hesitation, not surprisingly, because they play his position, but he said Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of your outside linebacker slash D end, um, that those two are really critical because they're next up after Nelson and, and Tanner. And obviously that's all subject to, potential transfer portal additions to
1: all right Parker at what point today do we hear RK Huskers <laughs> is it in what pregame if, do they do they try to do a third quarter thing
3: I don't know Well, I the, the, the like literally the only thought I had about that yesterday when I saw that it was a thing that existed um, <laughs> was like what if they replaced the Irish song after the first the quarter corn
2: husker yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Like, what if they? What if the? What if Tech Nine supplanted the Cornhuskers?
2: The Killigans, R.I.P. Which I'm
1: okay with, as long as we weren't just literally changing the lyrics to the song that they did for the Chiefs. <laughs> it's the exact same song. It's.
3: I don't. Yeah. Uh, you guys will be surprised to know I, I don't know much about that except for the fact that it's a thing
1: that exists. It, it, it's a thing that exists. You should actually use that as a headline. I was like,
3: I, I, I the other th- the only other thought I had was like, Oh, that's the guy that sang caribou Lou. Yeah.
1: Caribou Lou, KCT, um, strange music. Parker Gabriel, noted Tech Nine guy. (laughs) Tech Tech Nine Nine. aficionado. Big
3: Tech Nine fan over (laughs) here. Yes. Tech
1: Nine and Spring Game
2: Hype Man. They go together. (laughs) And and Parker Gabriel goes together with Nebraska football and uh, here to break it down with us uh, as we go into Spring Game 2022. Uh, One more before we let you go. Um, In terms of the running back position, uh, because there's a lot of competition there, what have you heard from guys during spring in terms of who's making moves? who's well positioned for the fall. uh, And, and if you want to throw in what they might look like today, Caleb's very interested in that too.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Anthony Grant came up and talked with us at the beginning of the week and he walked by and simple what like literally the story that simple wrote was like Anthony Grant was born to play running back. So he looks like a running back. If you're wondering what they look like, Mm. Um, I think, I think Anthony Grant, the transfer has had a good spring. I think they're happy um, so far with what he is. Um, you know, he was at Florida State and then he went to uh, New Mexico Military Institute. And you just never you don't, you don't know with anybody who's coming into your program, like exactly where you're going to find someone in their progression. I think they're I think they're excited about where he's at. Yant obviously um, has talked about how much better shape he's in than he was at this time a year ago. And I, you can't obviously like Ramir, I think is going to be part of the equation. It's it's an easy fit or assumption to make of like, Hey, you've got Mark Whipple, um, this sort of like pro style passing game, aficionado. um, And you've got Ramir Johnson who can really run, has really natural hands and is a good pass blocker, like third down back and not in a, not in like a, that that means he's limited or in a negative connotation or anything like that's a very valuable piece to have. So is it that simple? Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be, but I think right now you would say, that Grant, Yant, and, and Ramir in some order are in the best uh, position going forward. We won't see Gabe Irvin um, live today. I'm almost positive um, whether he gets any work at all is probably even a question. Um, and then they got two young guys that joined the program this summer. And, and you know, Marquis Step uh, today, if you want to read Tea Leaves, you may be able to say something or another about where Marquis Step is in the pecking order after today, or maybe not. Um, but I think those three guys. Grant, Yant, and and Ramir probably have had the most productive spring so far.
2: Parker Gabriel, a Lincoln Journal star, here to hype up the 2022 spring game with Caleb Henry and I. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the time. We'll see you up there in the press box.
3: We'll know everything we need to know after today. All of it. They are all who we thought they were. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you'll be able to go game guy game win loss win <laughs> yes. loss. Yeah, hundred
2: percent, hundred percent. Thanks, PG. Enjoy it. <laughs> all right, Parker Gabriel. Yeah, he look. We we all know what we're getting out of this and what we aren't getting out of this, and I, I I think that I think that you just have to you just have to embrace what what it is for what it is. I like the
1: way he yeah. he described what it is, and then I was able to to give it a comparison of opening night for basketball. Yes. Which makes a lot of sense because we don't go to opening night for basketball and go, well, here's the starters for sure because did you see the way they played and that's the lineup that they rolled out? Mm. They're going to, like, opening night, you're switching up a bunch of things. You get to
2: see how guys' handle looks. You get to see how high they can jump on an alley-oop. You get to
1: see all of the just sloppiness that is opening night. Yep. You get guys are trying behind the back and... And then the women's team comes out and just puts on a clinic of what basketball's supposed to look like.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that's how it's gone here in Lincoln. And there are uh, a couple new champions in the sport of college basketball, too, the men's and women's this yep. week. We got the Kansas Jayhawks back on top. The Kansas City Jayhawks. Uh, yep. Thank you, Mark Emmert. Yeah. Good, good job there. And then, uh, yeah, South Carolina, dominant all year, and, and they win it over UConn on the women's side. So. Mm-hmm and uh who who didn't enjoy seeing coach k go down to north carolina <laughs> on saturday night um yeah it was uh it was a crazy earlier earlier this week since our last since our last chance to, to talk with all of you that was that right was what went down in the in the college basketball world uh and when we come back we are gonna hit on some college baseball nebraska baseball was in action uh very nice weekend last weekend they have uh, kind of hit a wall and, and kind of took a step back again. Uh, we'll tell you what their latest uh, happenings have been and, and what you can expect the rest of the weekend as well. You can move right over from Memorial Stadium to Haymarket Park today if you want to uh, and go see some Husker baseball. That's all coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN.
2: Our thanks to Parker Gabriel, who just joined us in our last segment to break down the other 14 practices as well as preview practice number 15, Spring Game 2022. Uh, here on the show. If you missed that or anything else, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. Uh We're also up on the Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. We're there right now, but we will also be there later for your viewing pleasure. Uh, and uh, later on today, for your viewing pleasure, in addition to Husker football in action in the... We can't call it the red-white game anymore because the red and the white aren't playing. It's, it's well, the
1: offense versus defense. Well, and offense is in red and defense is
2: in white, so you could call it red-white still. Even when they... F- is are, is it literally just offense on one side, defense on the other? Offense is wearing red jerseys. Defense okay. is wearing white jerseys. Okay. Well, I guess it's still the red-white game. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we got that straight.
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, But yes, uh, so yeah. football coverage, kickoff is at 1, pregame is at 11, and then that's going to roll into about 245, your pregame for baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, And about 315 is going to be first pitch there. So if you're listening to KLIN, um, just keep that dial right here because you'll get 11 a.m. pregame for football. That'll take you through the
2: football game. That'll get you right into baseball. Um, Just hang out with us all day. Absolutely. And, And do we know if Cody Frank's making that start? It was TBD. When uh, when the Huskers kind of pushed out, hey, these are the starters. Yeah, I didn't it was
1: see if they they made that decision. Cody
2: yet. Frank's been the weekend guy along with Shea Shaneman and Dawson McCarville, and Shea started yesterday, and Dawson is listed as the starter for tomorrow. Uh, I would assume it's Cody Frank, but maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna change it up a little bit because. You might need to push a little bu- a few buttons right now if you're if you're Will Bolt and company because after a nice little sweep out there in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. getting your getting your Big 10 record back over 500, uh, yeah, you had a little bit of a slip up in that early inning, uh the first inning of 3 runs given up against Omaha. They get a few more along the way and the comeback comes up just short. Yeah. Uh, a couple of bases loaded, 3-2 count, strikeouts, in the bottom of the in the top of the ninth, out there in Omaha, uh, and Nebraska goes down to the Mavs for the second time this year. And then yesterday, Rutgers gets up big early, and again it's just too little too late for the offense as as they they get a few back in the ninth, but fall seven to five to Rutgers with Shea Shanaman, uh not not giving his uh, his best performance of the season. Um as, as he is going he goes six innings. He got a lot of innings, face ninety uh face thirty batters, but man, all seven runs that he gave up were earned mm-hmm. uh on nine hits, struck out seven, walked just one. Um uh, but, but not the not the start that you're looking for if you're Nebraska baseball uh when when you've got Shea going as your Friday night guy with Kyle Perry uh-huh. unable to unable to make it happen. It it's it was it was great to see them bounce back and and get that sweep against the Buckeyes, Caleb. But they just haven't been able to continue that momentum for longer than you know a three or four game stretch at a time this season.
1: No, and, and last night you took the Rutgers starty, starter forty pitches in the first inning. Mm. If you get a guy like that, you're thinking, cool, we're going to get him out of here in the third. He stretched all the way to what the sixth, the seventh inning. He went six, just like Shea Shannon did. Yeah, so you weren't able to actually do any damage um, and get to the bullpen and start making them use pitchers because that's what helps you with a weekend series is get that other team into their bullpen early on Friday. And then they have to start using arms, and then they're a little bit apprehensive. What arms do we use? Because we might need them on Saturday. Well, we might need them on Sunday. What arms are we going to use for this Friday game um, where it's one game versus maybe needing them for two others? And Nebraska didn't do that, and then you got late in the game, and it's going okay. You've got opportunities, didn't take advantage of them. We're giving up a, a not just a hit parade, but a home run parade to Rutgers mm. um, earlier this week against Omaha. Just too little fight at the plate. Um, even last night, you're you're down to your last strike and just let it be a called strike. Mm man, if it's a foot off the plate, if there's any chance that they're going to call it, I'm just trying to get a bat on the ball. And it's I don't know where that fight is at the plate. Um, and then we almost saw a fight after the Omaha game. Um, clearly, the the Mavs catcher had something to say to... Uh, Gomez was the one who struck out at the end, right? Holy Gomez, yeah. Um, and Gomez took, took some uh, offense to it, and then you had everyone kind of getting into it a little bit. They, cleared, they got everyone separated really easily. Yeah. Um, but one... I want to see more of that fight at like trying to get ahead and stay ahead, but also, I really like that from Omaha. I like that for what Nebraska baseball has going forward. I talked about this earlier this week. If those midweek games mean something, because you have an emotional investment into it more than just, oh, these are some guys that I used to play against in high school Mm -hmm. and used to play against in some travel ball, and now they're at Omaha and I'm at Lincoln, but I'm at Lincoln, so I'm better and I should go roll them. Whether that's the case or not, you didn't. You're one and two against Omaha this year. You're going to get a third or a fourth time against them coming up later this month. Um, But I think Omaha stepping up their game is better for Nebraska. Because Nebraska is going to be towards the top half of the Big Ten year in and year out. What are you going to do for those midweek games? How much are those going to matter for you? And when you can have an in-state team make you have to step up your game, I like that better for the Nebraska program going forward. Now, I'd like Nebraska to be 2-1, and one, not 1-2, one and two, but it is what it is at this point. you got to go even that series later this month.
2: Yeah, I, all three of those UNO games have been one-run games. Yeah, and two of them walk-offs. They've all been good. So yeah, and and you do get them one more time. And yeah, the fact that there's a little, maybe a little bit of bad blood now, maybe that does help you get that fourth game to go your way. Uh, and and look back to the Rutgers series here. That's that's on tap for the rest of the weekend. They are they're leading the Big Ten right now. They're six and one in conference play and twenty three and six overall. Uh, and, and their leadoff hitter, Ryan Lasko, you mentioned the the home run parade. He hit two bombs yesterday, three for uh-huh. four, three RBIs, uh, and three runs scored. Uh, Nick Similio, their catcher, he had three RBIs as well. And the fact that you did continue to fight, at, you mentioned the called strike at the end, but they did get three in the ninth. And importantly, maybe, for the rest of this weekend, Nebraska did get to uh one of Rutgers' best arms in their bullpen. Dale Stanovich has a 1.06 ERA, Uh and they did force him to come in and get two outs on 13 pitches. Maybe that doesn't prevent him from coming in in the next two days when they want him to, uh-huh. but maybe that limits him to just one more game on Saturday or Sunday, right. instead of being able to bring him out for both of them if they're both close. So yeah. it, it, some of these games are going to be decided on those margins, right? And 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 it's going to be a, a big two-out, two-strike hit with runners in scoring position or not. Or it's going to be, you know, do, do you get to a lesser arm in Rutgers' bullpen and, and they don't quite have the stuff... That you can that they can rely on to blow by Husker hitters. So uh, it, it's still coming down to, you know, is is Nebraska going to be able to get that big hit when they need it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Griffin Everett, he's still doing his thing. He got three of those, our uh, three RBIs yesterday, uh, provided a, a bulk of the offense for Nebraska. Uh, but Max Anderson goes 0 for five. Uh, Garrett Anglum, who's had a nice season so far, 0 for four. Uh, you just need more guys to step in. And step up and throughout this season, you just haven't had enough of that lineup clicking altogether to be able to provide consistency, which is what they had all of last year. And, and leadership is part of that. I think they did take a big blow in terms of lost leadership from that roster in, in 2021 season. Um, and there, not to say there aren't leaders on the team. They just, they just aren't the same kind of leaders. It's not near as vocal a team as it was last season. Uh, and and they just don't have the the healthy depth of pitching that they had last season either. And last
1: night, Bolt talked about this. This team's really passive. They're too passive. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his quotes is, "We are just not committed enough, top to bottom." And he's talked about that all season. It, you're 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 now a couple dozen games into the year. What what is the what what is the switch that has to get flipped to go from being passive or not committed enough from top to bottom or having guys want to step up at the right time and not not taking a pitch when you're down to your last strike Mm -hmm. because there's if you're in the fifth inning and you're down two and you've got a runner in scoring position and you take that pitch with two outs okay it ends the inning that kind of stinks that you didn't get to cash that guy in Mm -hmm. that mentality knowing where you're at in the game in the ninth inning, you cannot take that pitch. Like, at no point can you take that pitch. You can't take it when you're 12 years old, can't take it when you're 20, can't take it when you're 30. Nobody gets to take that pitch. Um, Shoot, when you and I playing slow-pitch softball, guess what? If we're down two, and it's the last inning, and you've got two strikes on, and there's two outs, you're swinging. Mm -hmm. You're not given a chance for that to be a called strike coming across there. Um... So there there's just knowing the mentality at all times for this team it's just not there it hasn't clicked yet but then they'll have times like last weekend where they'll just be they were all over Ohio State mm-hmm. where are you going to get the consistency from mm-hmm. as you get into Big 10 play because everything's still out in front for this team they can still go win they can still go win the Big 10 be top 3 be in a really good position for the conference tournament. Go up to Omaha, do some special things, yeah. um, get into the postseason. But it just hasn't clicked, and it's it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating for them. Obviously, it's not just frustrating for us. It's got to be frustrating for them because they're going through it. But right. just trying to watch them put it together, it hasn't come come across yet.
2: Right, and and they do still have a four and three record if they win this series yeah. against Rutgers that they get Saturday Sunday. They're still going to have a pretty good spot. In the conference standings, and they still like we've talked about the, their conference schedule is a little bit front loaded with Michigan up front, Rutgers up front. Uh, it, it's going to be a little bit less competitive later on, based on last season, based on what we've seen so yeah. far early. So, so that's another thing to keep in mind. They may start slow in Big Ten season, uh, and and we were we were talking about how this this roster in general would maybe start a little bit slower than last year's did because of the new pieces, because of the guys who haven't actually had experience and how they were going to learn along the way. Um, but all that being said, uh, if you are almost 30 games into the season and you're being compared to you and I playing slow-pitch softball, that's not that's not a great place to be. That's, no. i just going to say that. No, yeah, you, probably not. You you could probably do a little bit better uh, than compared to, to you and I playing slow-pitch. All right, uh, we will talk when we come back about the latest Nebraska ball hire. If you missed that, we'll tell you who Fred Hoiberg has hired to fill that third spot, what his background is, and how that will uh, look in terms of what Nebraska basketball does in 22-23. Uh, we'll wrap up the show next year on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: starts here giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week this is the KLIN Husker hour on Lincoln's Husker radio 1499 three KLIN in case
2: you missed it earlier this week Fred Hoiberg made the hire to backfill Matt Abdomassi and uh, the man that he got Caleb is uh, well versed in defense well versed in coaching bigs, it's Adam Howard from South Alabama. This year, he was are those things that we want. He was upgraded to an associate <laughs> head coach. He'd been there for four seasons before Hoyberg hired him away. He's thirty six years old, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, you got Doc was maybe the guy defensively, even though he wasn't one of the three official assistants, right? And Doc is no longer here, so you need to. He's got kind of a a uh, 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 full court and half court matchup zone background uh uh-huh. so that could signal a little bit of a philosophy shift on defense well we saw,
1: we system. and we saw Nebraska go to a little bit more up tempo defense mm-hmm. late in the year yeah. like like and that's what worked because you were able to turn the defense into offense think about yes. think about when nebraska um went to uh went to the big Ten tournament. And had, what, like six dudes, and you've got true blood out there. And what did they do? Just go harass the heck out of people. And you're able to force some turnovers. Yeah, you give some stuff up, but you're able to get more positive out of it than negative.
2: That's how that team in 2014 made the tournament. You got a guy like Benny Parker come off the bench and just sit in someone's jersey for 30 minutes and and just frustrate the crap out of him. He was was not a, a super skilled offensive player, but... Tran Petaway could shoulder that load, right? Um, and and right, you turn it offense, you turn the defense into offense. You saw what Kansas did in the first half of the first part of the second half of that <laughs> national championship game. They got a bunch of turnovers and they turned it into offense, and they got right to the rim and they cut that lead down immediately.
1: All of their second half game against Miami in the lead yeah, eight, <laughs> yeah, that, that
2: too. So yeah, it that that could be this. This is maybe just more of the picture coming into place in terms of what Fred Hoiberg told Trev Alberts he wanted to do with this program, were he to stay. And and maybe it is just a more high-pressure defense that can lead to more of that quick offense, that can get him to go play fast on offense, which is what he wants to do just maybe you have to find that offense through defense, and this might be yeah. a window into that thinking.
1: And, and the other part of his duties that he's got experience with is working with bigs. Yes. And, and that's and that a that's a giant part of what
2: you Will need Helm this team Blades to develop. And Derek Walker coming back again, yes.
1: too. Yeah. Um, you've got pregame coming up here in an hour for the spring game. That'll roll right into uh, Husker baseball, about 315 on the first pitch there. Also Husker baseball tomorrow against Rutgers.
2: All right. It's offense versus defense. Get excited, Nebraska. (laughs) Go Big Red.